0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Five Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. On this week's episode, we're gonna be recapping last Thursday's game against the Cardinals. Looking forward to the next preseason game against the Packers, and, of course, talking a little bit of hard knocks. But before we get into all that, Jose, another victory Monday. 2-0, and baby. I know,
1: man. Super Bowl bound. I told you last week, 1-0, 2-0. Exactly.
0: Everybody They're going to keep going. Everybody knows that teams who start 2-0 and in the preseason automatically win the Super Bowl. It's, it's just <laughs> how it goes.
1: Especially against uh, especially after beating a low-leave Cardinals team. So much hope.
0: Yeah, but especially after beating. You're right, especially after beating the team who had the first pick. We're we're golden. <laughs> but jokes aside, there were a bunch of good things. I mean, anytime you have a pretty dominating effort like they like we saw last Thursday, there are going to be a lot of standouts. So, of course, we tread lightly with the preseason. But like I said, anytime the team has that kind of success, there's you know individual performances that go along with it, and a lot to be happy about. So I don't know, Jose. What was the first uh, your first pro, I guess, or takeaway from Thursday night's game?
1: Yeah, my takeaway, honestly, just immediately from the first drive, just like how much well organized they looked on the offense. Yes. The plays actually looked, plays actually looked like they were made with some intelligence, <laughs> which was <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. I, I saw your uh, piece, your first piece on JBB about like Gruden in the red zone, which last season he sucked in the red yeah. zone. Like he had. No feel, couldn't call any plays. Mm-hmm. It's like Gruden had no idea what a pick play was <laughs> in, was at all, or something like that. Which is usually a common thing, yeah. a common play that is being dialed up in the red zone. And that play that was to Ryan Grant was essentially a pick play. You know, mm-hmm. you had two receivers that, that did like little, little offward slants that pretty much just came in the way of receivers and then dump off Grant. Just
0: you know, that's in. just meant
1: for so yeah, it's just meant for yak. You know, yards yeah. after a carry play, and they made it work. But Derek Carr though just dude, just full command in of that offense. Yeah. It was just amazing to see. It was awesome to see. You know, part of me just from just you know the analytical standpoint, and even as a fan, was getting juice. It was top tier just to watch him just throw that deep bomb to Tyrell Williams. Oh yeah, who people would give him slack that he's not a he can't throw the deep bomb to save his life. It's just completely unfounded. It's just no base. There's no it's no nothing concrete about it. I mean, I understand that carr, especially the last two years has been like kept in check down statistically, but a good portion of them have been, you know, primary reads. And it's not like he had time to even look down the field, anyways. This time he did with that full offensive line actually out there. You know, gut check, that full offensive line isn't gonna be there come the first two weeks, you know, of course incognito and then Gabe Jackson's gone. Yep. I mean Gabe Jackson in play, but still it's just that was my takeaway just for the first offensive series was awesome, and then, you know, just seeing the defense as well, looking more organized, more depth, because most of the players are incumbent starters or incumbent depth chart pieces that I starting to understand Paul Gunther's play. In terms of how it was for, like, 24-0 and 0 when the Raiders <laughs> got a lead, that's at that point I was like, okay, this this says more about the Cardinals than it does about the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, what this says about the Raiders is, like, well, we know how to take advantage of crap teams. Teams aren't going to that were dysfunctional because Vance Joseph just can't call the defense <laughs> to save his life. I mean, Rage of Charles can see that. I mean, it's just <laughs> it, it just wasn't it just embarrassment on their part. I mean, Cardinals fans should be worried. I mean, if Raider fans, I'm pretty much I want to say let's tone it down from this excitement. You know, live in the moment because I was excited for that whole day. Then after you gotta think, okay, you know, let's let's pump the brakes. First of all, it's preseason. Yeah. Second of all, the Cardinals look dysfunctional. Yes, it looks like they're sure. going to be picking in the top three once again. Um, Kyler Murray was insanely off. I mean, that offense just didn't look like it was as poised as was on their first drive against the Chargers in Week One. It's just I, I have no faith in that team this year. And you know, just another quick takeaway: whoever was a part of Raider Nation that wanted the Raiders to draft <laughs> Kyler Murray, if possible. You know, there's one person who I know is a friend, but he, his, he didn't have no ill will. But there were some in the fan base that were hammering away. They wanted Kyler Murray a part of the team over Derek Carr. Stand up. Wear it on the chin. <laughs> who are you? Now you see why Derek Carr was not anywhere going to be replaced. I mean, I know a good, good portion of it was national media driven, and that's where our fan base got it from, essentially, because no one who, – who was really going to be there for the Raiders at number four or three, whatever? So there wasn't – there wasn't anyone but I'm just glad all that's over with once again let's let's keep the excitement down you know just they look better look faster more well organized and Carr looks like he's gonna be poised for a phenomenal year I feel
0: yeah I mean I I I get it you know it is the Cardinals and whatnot and you know I I agree with you I think they're gonna have their their lumps and bruises this year especially with the first year head coach and a first year quarterback Mm -hmm. but what I will say is that is nice to see is, I mean, last year, yeah, the Raiders beat the Cardinals on the last second field goal and were two wins better. And it is nice to see that they're separating themselves from the bottom of the pack and, you know, yeah. moving in the right direction. So I think that's the positive to take away, but definitely like you're saying, you know, let's tamper expectations a little bit because, you know, it is the preseason again, we've keep harping on it. We'll keep harping on it until the preseason's over It tread lightly. And I mean, it is the Cardinals who, struggle as an offensive line and have a lot of adversity in them in their own right. Uh, I had the same takeaway as you. I have been in love with Gruden's offense this this off season. You know, I thought last year, you know, it was way too vanilla. You know, a lot of people questioned whether Gruden could adapt to the new age NFL and adapt his offense. And, you know, a lot of those people that doubted him were kind of right last year. It took him a long year, time. Yeah, it, it I mean, it took a while, but I mean... This year, we're seeing more bootlegs. We're seeing more some RPOs. When Nate Pete's in the game, by the way, I'm rebranding him as Nate Pete. That's my guy. <laughs> uh, you know, we're seeing some read options from him. And we're seeing play action, Jose. A lot of The say. bomb to Rico Gafford from Mike Lennon was on play action of all plays. Like, I'm loving it right now. You know, I thought Rudin and Gunther put on a coaching clinic, you know, last year with Gunther. Um, you know, obviously the, the defense wasn't exactly where we wanted it to be. And, you know, we'll both give him a pass just because I'm sure when he put together the game plan in the offseason, that included Khalil Mack. And obviously that wasn't the case as, the, uh, as we hit September. So, And, you know, one of the things that when you do struggle to get pressure that you can do to as a coach to start working in more pressure is running line games and running stunts. And that was something I thought we were, they were missing last year. And this year, or at least this last game, we saw a lot of it. We saw a lot of that double-A gap look that Paul Gunther's f- uh, famous for. And, I mean, we saw a lot of exotic and complicated blitzes. I was watching Dan Orlovsky uh, break down Kyler's performance. You know, he was basically accrediting the Raiders' defensive scheme and, you know, giving him one look when the ball snaps, showing another. And I mean, that's on Gunther right there. You know, I thought uh, Paul Gunther and John Gruden put on an absolute coaching clinic on on Thursday. And, you know, obviously with players, the roster is going to change, but the people that are going to stick are Gruden and Gunther. And, I mean, their play calling so far as I thought has been on
1: point. I thought it was funny with Paul Gunther's blitz packaging schemes, actually. And I thought former Raiders head coach Jack Darío hit it on the nail. It's like, was this guy like, was he auditioning to be a head coach because it's preseason and he was literally not Bring holding the house. He wasn't pulling any punches. He was oh, yeah. going full-blown try hard, which is a little bit like what are you trying to do? Like <laughs> like what was what was your deal with doing that? It's a preseason game. You don't really see the, those type of blitz packages, the variety of them that he threw, them at, you know, it's like you know, if this was baseball, preseason baseball, you're only throwing maybe like two pitches. You're throwing the simple fastball and <laughs> yeah. you're throwing a curveball. But this guy threw the changeup, he threw the sinker, he threw the whole he threw the whole damn shebang, dude, <laughs> at him. Yeah. Everything. So that was a little bit like, what, what was that about? I mean, it was cool to see, you don't lie. Mm-hmm. But once again, let's not get a little too hyped. He was doing yeah. it. He was doing it against a rookie, uh, rookie quarterback who can use his legs to hurt you, which is probably why he did it. I'm gonna hope that's why he did it. I'm just wondering, it's it's just still just a little bothering me. Like, damn, you really, like, had to go, like, <laughs> super try hard. You kind of showed a little bit of your hand. I'm hoping that there's more to this when they come to the regular season. But I felt like they he dove into more of his bag of tricks than the yeah. offense did as a whole. Like, the offense, I felt like, just did, like, five of their plays and just like, all right, now we're just going to go acapella, <laughs> go off to the top of the dome and just see what happens. So with Papa Gunther, I was a little curious as to why he was – he was really going so try hard i mean of course you know let's maybe run a little test trial against an actual offense especially one with like quarterback who needs to who needs to rely more off talent than he does like his eyes in this sort but it was just a little bit revealing to me and i was a little a little concerned about that with me being nick picky just just (laughs) about that point yeah i mean
0: for sure it is the preseason you don't you know Talk about it all the time and see it all the time. You don't really want to show your complete hand, but hey, it is it is a good sight to see. And you're right. Hopefully, he's got some more uh, tricks in his bag that we'll see come come right. But, but hey, dude. man, this is, I want to
1: highlight that one play that Cleland Farrell had with Kyler Murray trying to escape. Farrell, yeah, my guy. <laughs> and Farrell just that guy was fast, man. He yeah. he was m- almost matching Kyler's speed. Kyle Kyler couldn't get around him. I was like, oh my god, dude, this guy just nice yeah he 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 cut the he cut the field in half when he's running to the sideline he like he angled it right he wasn't chasing him he was chasing at the point he was trying to get to which is so smart too many of these defensive ends are just going to be trying to ch- trying to chase a quarterback's trail rather than chase cut their pathway you know basic football 101 what they do to the linebackers and safeties that was just that was just awesome to see just great athleticism i know it's two, you know face to the hands the first one First one looked legit. The second one was a little questionable, but still, that's something he'll learn. You know, yeah. get that out of him now. Um, and speaking of my guys, you know, my guy Jonathan <laughs> Abrams looked fantastic yeah. again. This guy is just, yep. just want, just he's just quick to break on the ball. Um, I know his coverage looks okay. Well, that's where he's really going to be tested. You know, we're not really going to see too much of that now gonna be it's gonna be a huge revealment of how it's gonna be you know week one against Joe Flacco whose one best trait is the deep ball to mm-hmm. emmanuel Sanders of all people uh that's gonna be the big that's the big question I'm looking for here how's it gonna work with him like coverage does he does he have a nose for the ball in that sense does he freak out when it's like with him and a receiver because from what we could see when it's, when it's him trying to come up for the run or something that's like within 10 yards he's gonna be very good at it but what's going to happen when he needs to play coverage off ten yards past it? Let's see yeah. more about that. I'm sure you were probably thinking when Josh Jacobs was going off about like, damn, I wonder how Jose's feeling. But it's, <laughs> I, I'm still, it's, no matter what, I'm going to stick to it. You don't draft running backs <laughs> in the first round, regardless. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be freaking negligent or stubborn to say that he's not good cuz I've been maintaining my point he's good and he looked phenomenal in just that one drive like I was like I seen enough don't even play him anymore yeah. dude don't play no more Josh Jacobs in the preseason his vision and how quick of his feet was just so elite I mean it was just a sight for sore eyes you know I just kept, couldn't help but just thinking about Latavius Murray who lacked the vision in so many cases when even when he had his 1000-yard season with the Raiders in 2016 I mean Josh Jacobs it's just he's just gonna do wonders for this Raiders offense. I mean, I don't think he's gonna get a thousand yards. I can see I can see what he's gonna get, like over eight hundred and maybe close to five hundred receiving yards. I think that he's gonna be more like that, which is that point that's he's that's just showing like how great of a role he is in his offense. So Josh Jacobs, yeah. I wonder what he's gonna do and others as well.
0: I mean, that stat line you just read off would be a hell of a rookie year. You know, I had the same kind of thought as you it's like I've seen one drive. That's enough. Like, let's keep this guy. One of his strengths is that he doesn't have, or he has a lot of tread left on the tires. You know what? Let's keep that for the regular season. I've seen enough. You know, you know, I'm with you on first round running backs, but you know, so far from the limited time we've seen and what we're hearing, it's it's looking like they may have gotten a good one in, in Jacobs, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the regular season, and uh, really, really his first chance to be a, a stable back or the stable back. Because um, that's what he was not in Alabama. And, and so far, so good. But, like a lot of good vision, which is perfect for what you need in, in the zone running scheme that the Raiders like to run. I thought he was the MVP of that that first drive, really. He
1: had a hell of a drive. Yeah, and even other rookies like Alec Ingold, you know, mm-hmm. he had a nice block. I saw someone highlight, I don't remember who, maybe it was Ted Wynn. Um, someone highlighted a nice block that he had. He took on actually one. And, and then pancakes another. Yeah, it was just wow. This guy is like, you know, he's looking like he can be. It looks like Keith Smith's done to me. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I think he's done. And in training camps, whenever I, I whenever I hear or see that, oh, a player has been injured, especially for how long he's been, you know, it's usually it's usually a sign like, oh, I mean, you you know, you're probably going to be gone. Especially when it's such a compact position as fullback. You know, you're not going to carry yeah. two fullbacks. You're not going to carry more than four running backs. Um, and is Doug Martin even going to make the team, maybe? I mean, I think he is. But I think that's a fair question to raise at that point is if Doug Martin, you know, both of those positions are similar. Like, they're compacts. You're not going to carry too many of each. Um, four running backs, maybe. Three running backs, obviously. Four, four I think, is where – I think Doug Martin's going to stage in terms of that. But uh, could, I, could we see him getting cut? Yes. Could we see Keith Smith getting cut? I mean, Alec Ingold, you know, DeAndre Watson over Doug Martin – this, this is what it's looking like. I think that's probably what it should be, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you, you know. If I'm calling the shots right now, if I'm John Gruden, um, I'm saying goodbye to both Keith Smith and Doug Martin, you know. At least for Keith Smith, you know, it's, it's tough for me because, you know, fullback is kind of becoming an extinct position in the NFL, and Keith, maybe I hold a grudge on him last year for dropping that fourth down uh, conversion <laughs> in the game against the Broncos, but it just felt like, like, what is this guy really contributing on the roster? And I mean, he's not exactly cheap. I think he's about a $2 million salary cap bump versus Alex Ingold, who's an undrafted free agent, making the rookie minimum, you know, looking at it from a
1: financial standpoint. I think they would save about like six, six or 800000 from what I saw yeah, like a so while he, ago.
0: So not terribly, not a whole lot of money. But, I mean, Engle to me just kind of seems like the better player too. You know, I, like I said, Smith had that one drop, and that's the only notable play I really remember him as a receiver. And I think Alex Ingold caught every single target that's been thrown his way, as well as clearing out clearing out running lanes in the running game. And then with Doug Martin, you know, to start preseason, I, I think we even talked about this. I You know, I probably would have said – doug's ahead of deandre washington for that third spot how deandre washington has played in these first two games and you know, doug martin got in towards the end of last game and had two carries for one yard you know, obviously we're not there every day in training camp and we don't get to see practice but just based on that alone based on the fact that it, you know doug's playing late in the game and deandre started and whatnot yeah. I, I got to think it's time to move on. The Doug Martin experiment, it, you know, he was a good holdover last year. But DeAndre Washington is just out playing him right now. DeAndre Washington's having a hell of a preseason. I mean, two weeks in a row, I'm sitting here like
1: he's killing it right now. We've forgotten about him, especially because last season. I mean, just, just to the point I just alluded to about injuries in training camp, when you're gone for a while, missing the reps, you're, you're going to fall down the totem pole. And once you do that in training camp, it's hard to find your way back there unless someone gets injured or just is just playing just completely ugly. Which last season it didn't happen in running back. You know, DeAndre Washington missed a good portion of training camp and just couldn't find his way back mm-hmm. because once again, no one was playing. No one was playing worse. Of course, you know, kind of supersede Marshawn Lynch. Jalen yeah. Richard was already the number two. Um, Doug Martin was a nice uh, was a nice throw in a mix, but I I, I don't see a way. I don't see why you would cut Doug Martin. You you got to keep four running backs because mm-hmm. you know you got to shuffle them. Yeah. You know, it's good to keep them on deck. Um but of course if you want to like look for a place to trim the fat, you know Doug Martin's definitely going to be yeah. one of the places one of the one of the realms you want to start creeping around. Um same thing with Keith Smith, you know he's one dimensional. Doug Martin feels one dimensional. I mean sure I don't really think you can throw him out for a you know a quick swing route just to go Throw it at him, see what he can do with the yak. With Alec Ingold, I feel like he can, just from what I saw in training camp and what everyone's been saying, beat writers and just in some games and just, just his talent standpoint. It, it feels like he can have a bit of a Jamaze Olawali type of impact. Yeah. Not to that degree, because Olawale was a phenomenal receiver. Well, he, he was a receiver credit. at
0: UTEP, too. Yeah, little. exactly.
1: Yeah. So with Ingold, at least that way... If you, if you put Keith Smith out there, you're going to be too predictable that he's yeah. going to be there blocking, whether it's running mm-hmm. blocking or pass, bro. You throw Engle out there, at least once again, you're going to throw different curveballs. You know, you know, this is what football and baseball, uh, at least pitching standpoint, are very common. Like, you're going to be predictable and just keep so- throwing the same damn pitch, or you're going to switch it up with a little changeup, with a little curveball, and like confuse the hell out of us. Like Over yeah. here, we're thinking, oh, Keith Smith, we know what you're going to do. Alec Engle, do we know what you're going to do? You know, that's why I, I want to see formations with with a Josh Jacobs and Jalen Rashard out there. Like, who who's doing what? Are they both going to go out, or is one going to go for feigned? You know, there's ways I see where they could just do a fake play left and just dump it off right. Um, in that case, you can't do that with Doug Martin. He's more just going to be just run between the tackles whereas DeAndre Washington can be a receiver. We saw him yeah. I think he lined up outside and caught a beautiful slant and just took off. Yeah, that, that crossing amazing. out. Yeah. Yeah, man, DeAndre Washington selling this guy forever. He's, <laughs> he's he's not weak. He can play and contribute and should very well be a role player on this team. Yeah. I mean, I think what
0: is going to is going to play into how many running backs they keep is how many of these young talented receivers they're going to keep, you know. How many, If uh, you know, it's going to kind of be plus one, minus one, uh, depending on how they want to do it. And that brings up another guy. We've been talking about him a lot, and I'm going to keep talking about him because I love the guy that much. My guy, Keelan Doss. And I had to bring <laughs> up these stats. He's caught in the preseason so far. He's caught seven of eight targets thrown his way. Four of those have gone for first downs, and, the, and one more has gone for a touchdown. So that means five out of seven times the guy has touched the ball, he's either moving the change or scoring. You know, when we talked about a little while back, he had like 66 first downs in college. We're seeing that what his production at UC Davis start to translate. You know, obviously it's preseason and when Doss is playing, you know, it's with the second and third string guys, but he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Making the coaching staff make a tough decision come
1: cut down day. I just love the guy. I love it, and he's from here. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering what's going to happen with that. I feel like running back now. We have, it's pretty easy. We can we see a clear picture. That's why we can pick the roles right now. Yeah. Wide receiver. I think we got to. We should revisit this after the Packers game. Yeah. Because sure. then that's where all the depth receivers are going to come out and mm-hmm. really make their final statement. I mean. Sure, there's week four, but I feel like after week three, the coaches already have the idea. Yeah. You know, I, they they, I, they already know. I'll just say this. I hope Keelan Doss makes it as like yeah. a f- the fifth or sixth receiver. Because mm-hmm. um, what it's looking like to be is a, no dub, Brown Williams, um, Hunter Renfro. And yeah. now we know JJ Nelson. Although he has a sprained ankle now, so I wonder how that's going to work. But that, that yeah. shouldn't be long term. I don't think that's going to. I don't think after giving him so much time in training camp that they're just going to be like, oh, well, you're injured just for a little bit, so we'll just cut you. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So those four, I think those are my four lock 100%. It's just what's going to happen at fifth and sixth. I mean, yep. Dwayne Harris, yeah, but are you really throwing him in the group? So do they carry seven receivers? Then that means there's only yeah, a six tough. receiver. Then that yeah. means it's either going to be Ryan Grant, Keelan Doss, um, it's pretty Aitman. warm off, Marcel Aitman. Um, I'm just gonna wave him. Mar- Marshall Eamon's not. Just put yeah. him back in the practice squad. He needs a lot more work, though. Good. Good. He got that. Good. He got that little taster last season, but now he needs to get well. Well in depth to the game. And yeah. It's just pretty much that. Ryan Grant. Are you gonna risk throwing out a potential project, potential young player in Keelan Doss, or are you just gonna roll with the one-year Ryan Grant? I hope it's gonna be Doss, but then again, he needs to show more, expand more, and make more plays in this next game. So that's. That's gonna be my take on that and how what's gonna follow for next week. Yeah, definitely be
0: interesting to see next week. You know, we should try and stay impartial on this podcast. So we got to talk a little bit about the negative. Not a whole lot so far, which is good. But you know, one guy that I've kind of noticed has had been struggling in the uh, preseason so far is Nevin Lawson. Now he's yeah. suspended, so he won't count against the fifty-three man roster. But he's not exactly helping himself. Out after week four when a suspension is over, you know, on Thursday against the Cardinals, uh, you know, I, I felt like he was one of the biggest weak spots on the defense. It seemed like the Cardinals were picking on him. I mean, Brent Hunley was picking on him, and you know, he was targeted nine times, gave up eight catches, and I know he had at least one pass interference call against him. Um, I want to say he had another one. I mean, that's just you, you can't have that when there's so much depth at the defensive back and the specifically corner position for the Raiders. And I mean, you know, per Pro, po- pro Football Focus, he currently has a 142.8 quarterback rating when targeted. Not mm. what you're looking for. He's got to be a cut candidate at this point, you know, going into the going into the preseason, we might have said he had a chance to start. Now it's looking like more and more
1: bleak for the
0: former Lion.
1: I think I just Depends on what how what they think about some of their young players like Isaiah Johnson and Nick Nelson, how those two play. If those two are still like if they're not certain about them, then they're gonna keep Nevin Lawson. I mean, I just yeah. cause of this preseason Nevin Lawson has just looked like not that great, you know. I mean, he has been a starter for the Lions for the last four years or so. That's that says a lot. The fact you've remained a starter as a corner mm-hmm. in this day and age shows that you're doing something right. Shows that you've been consistent, shows yeah, you've had true. you're a solid enough player. So I'm not going to flail out on him. The only Once again, he is four-game suspension, so that's what makes it a little bit like, eh, well, I'm going to waste a spot for yeah. four games when those four games, we need to be hitting the ground rolling like that. So with him, not sure how that's going to work out. Um, no duh. Gary and Conley, Trayvon Mullen, Daryl Worley, and then Jordan Leonard Locks up the slot. Mm-hmm. So really, don't, they don't even need that deep of a corner. They, no, they could no. be just sufficient with Nick Nelson and Isaiah Johnson, who I presume they're most likely going to keep. No duh. Yeah. So I just feel like Nevin Lawson could be just like, nah, we're just going to let you go, man. We're just going to let you go. And I mean, Thursday, or I'm not sure
0: exactly off the top of my head when the game against the Packers is, but it's going to be a good test for Lawson. Obviously, it's a team he's somewhat familiar with, having played for the Lions for the last few years. Right. But, you know, when I look at the Packers and, you know, how they match up against the Raiders, You know, the Packers have some pretty damn good depth at uh, wide receiver, you know, even if Devontae Adams doesn't play, which I don't know exactly what Matt LaFour is thinking. You know, I know the Packers, at least with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's played in the preseason the last few years. So who knows how much the starters are going to play um, for either side, really. But even if Devontae Adams doesn't play, you know, they have Montez Valdez-Scanning who came on towards the end of last year. Echomania St. Brown, who's going to be a second-year player, had some good things going for him. And then Austin Davis, who's a local product out here, out of Martinez, who's been a burner for them. And then his name's slipping my mind, but they have another guy who uh, is a D3 product that they've been raving about in camp that's uh, looking like he's going to be a stud for them too. Game against the Packers could be a great chance for all DBs to get a
1: lot of good looks, and they might, especially for the ones who are on the bubble and the depth players, because the starters might not even play. I mean, number one, why do we need to see them play? They already look poised enough, and let's yeah. just let's just save them safe. I mean, the only reason why they might play, Gruden says, is just because they don't know about the the field situations over there in Montreal because the way they do things could be a little different. You know, it might be it might be a little tough surface or not as well prowned It's like I'm not I'm not gonna risk a leg injury with these guys or them getting tackled and just boom, they're out. And it's like, Oh great. I just injured my starter because I wanted to play him in a freaking Canada game. That should have been in Oakland, yeah. but nonetheless, I, I, I don't think they're going to start as going to play. And so, yeah, good, good point for a level loss here. Goes your chance to show us what you got. I mean, you're suspended, so you better really ball yeah. out. And then same thing. Like we just said with the running backs, who's going to step up, wide receivers, who's going to step up, who's going to make it, who's going to make the decision hard on us. Yeah. When you make the decision hard on the coaches, that's great. Means means they consider you a talented player. Other than corner and running back receiver, it feels like everything's playing out. Um, yeah. Let's not actually let's not forget how offensive line needs to shape out without incognito and uh and the right guard with Gabe Jackson as well. All those players yeah, need to get definitely. their lumps in, so it's crucial for them get them in game shape because it's not like when they play the Broncos, it's gonna be a walk in the park. You know, now it's looking like it's going to be definitely a tough going. You know, Raiders, obviously, best trait is their offense. Broncos, best trait is their defense with Vic Fangio. It's going to be a real bell toll coming when that when the week one kicks off. So these reps for these depth players, get them conditioned, get them yeah. well adept to the game because week one regular season, there's no time to wait. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we keep talking about it. You know,
0: the offensive line is going to be – Going to be tested week one, regardless. Like, it's going to be... It's like, there's no little pop quiz to get you warmed up. It's a full-on final exam come Monday night when uh, Bradley Chubb and uh, Vaughn Miller come in. Well, all right, we got to talk a little bit about Hard Knocks. Of course, as the topical as it is, I thought episode two was a lot better for a couple reasons. Oh, Uh, yeah. One, they gave me more Gruden. They gave me the quote machine, and I was, I mean, like... They figured it out, take this guy, and just put the fucking camera on him and let him go. And it was perfect. (laughs) And the other thing that I liked about it, you know, being the, you know, Hard Knocks is one of my favorite television shows, you know, of recent years. And one of the things that I've liked about it is they highlight the players you don't normally know about, you know, the guys that are trying to make the team or, you know, just kind of make a name for themselves. And, you know, yeah. we got to see guys like Keelan Doss is, you know, has a great story with being from Alameda and, you know, going to college somewhat locally at UC Davis and being able to get a chance. And they also highlighted Max Crosby, who's not fighting for a roster spot, but, you know, being a fourth round pick from Eastern Michigan, not a lot of people aren't going to know about him. And I thought that was pretty cool of them to really give his story, get to know him a little bit more. You know, I I liked him. Uh, you know, he was a guy that, you know, I I feel like I'd want to have a beer with. And by the way, fucking savage for playing in a preseason game with a broken hand. Like, if you want to win over Gruden and become a Gruden grinder, that's some grit right there. A freaking preseason game, I was fired up about that. I mean, I knew he broke his hand, but seeing how it went down behind the scenes, I mean, I, if I needed anything more, I just love the guy. I love
1: those kind of guys that they just want to go out there and ball. Yeah, and then, you know, you you think about it, he has to. You know, when you're a rookie rookie player, um, especially for some of the players that are even undrafted, you're fighting for a a roster spot and even try to carve a role, you have to do everything you can. You know, there's millions of dollars at stake. You know, this is your livelihood. You you need to get out there, especially when you're a pass rusher or an edge rusher. You can play with a broken hand. There's been plenty of players that could just put clubs on their hands and they're just fine. You know, he's the same thing. You know, it's not like you really need your fingers. You just need to bat away. As long as you got that presi- you have know, that accuracy and precision. So not in that coordination. To at least not be a klutz, so you can still go out there and just sw- swap hands. You know, try to bulldoze someone if you can. So damn, that was like old school Raider right there, Max Crosby. I'm sure some old Raider fans got building nostalgia watching that. It's like, like yeah, that's what it's about right there. You know, you know that's what it's about. So you know, once again, he he had to. He had no choice. Um, what I liked about, honestly, other than the Gruden, you know, crust machine, which is <laughs> freaking awesome. That was just priceless. I hope we get more of that. But uh, we got to see a lot more insight on Antonio Brown's situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wonder how many of us actually looked at his feet when he was like, you want to see it? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, if anyone was eating dinner, I'm sorry you had to do that. But, uh, yeah, we got a little insight on that, which was cool. So I was like, okay, yeah, it sounds like everything was right and good. I mean... I wonder what I really want to know is which players and coaches I mean of course I'm, there's no way you cannot tell me Gruden wasn't annoyed I mean I'm I'm not I'm pretty sure now he's like oh you know what you know we're, we're past this now I'm just trying to get him out here but yeah. why you know of course some coaches and players were probably annoyed and like upset with him about this you know that's why there were reports out there and I think those did hold weight you know maybe that's why some national media people were saying like oh look he's already being a toxic and just went even further and beyond and took it out of contact and it's like all right now you guys I mean I mean, we grilled him on here. It wasn't that bad. We just said it was yeah. selfish because it's true. You're going out for yeah. a helmet. If you're the only person, then that's complaining about it. But everyone else is good. Then yeah, it's going to be news. But it really was a bit overblown. You know, it still was selfish, and I didn't understand it. And that's why I'm kind of glad Hard Knocks showing a shine a light on it. It's it was contact. There was no you know going dark. Everything seemed cool. I mean, of yeah. course. Natural human instinct everyone's gonna be annoyed. Wow. He's, he's not here for us or at this time So yeah screw him, but now he's back and it looks like he's gonna play in the practices when training camp ends on Monday um, And he's he looks like he's gonna be a full participant again. So that's good yeah. for practice um, That's good for this next episode of hard knocks on Tuesday I can't wait to see hopefully we have more of him and hopefully they keep this formula of just letting Gruden just run on about just anything because <laughs> exactly. that's what I love the most right yeah. there. Just him just going off on players, especially during the game when he's just getting on Glenn and <laughs> Peterman. Like, it's like, hey, what the hell is that? Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I like. Just go give him, give him hell.
0: I mean, people have already pointed it out a little bit on Twitter, but the delay a game on the uh, extra point, uh, if oh, yeah. Hard Knocks didn't capture that and doesn't air the hell out of that on Tuesday, somebody at HBO needs to lose their job over that because that is going to be. Pure gold. You we get red tomato pissed off Gruden. Like it's it should be (laughs) awesome. But I mean, on the point of you know, Gruden being annoyed, like I mean, yeah, and I don't I, I don't blame him. Any coach or anybody would be annoyed if your best player is isn't out on the field. I mean, it's it's just like Antonio Brown is the best player on this team, and he's worried about a helmet, which obviously you want to support your guy, you want him to feel supported in the building. But at the same time, like we've talked about, it's got to be like, come the fuck on. Like, let's get out on the field and practice already. And like, you know, it's what I will say about this. You know, I think that you're right. And I think a lot of Raider fans are justified in saying that the media is overblowing this whole Antonio Brown, Brown helmet and feet thing. But on the other end of that, you know, playing devil's advocate here. Antonio Brown isn't doing anything to stop those conversations from happening. You know, he's, he's still trying to get his helmet. Like like at one point it's like, all right, man, you got to take your losses and let's just go move on and get going with the season. Like that's the thing that I will say, you know, to playing devil's advocate a little bit. of like, yes, the media is blowing it out of proportion, but let's start doing things to stop it. And that's, or to stop the conversation by just wearing the fucking helmet that the NFL approves and going out and balling out. You go out and you ball out. Every single media person that doubted you and every single media person that said you're not going to be a fit for the Raiders is going to look like an idiot. Like, at some point, we need this to end, and hopefully, it's it's going to end sooner rather than later.
1: Oh, I don't think it wouldn't even matter if he still this helmet still lingers on a week or two ahead, because then. Yeah. The damage is already done. Everyone already That's went true, yeah. so far, went went farther than their own arm's reach with this topic and just wanted to just unload and just get another opportunity to grill him and grill the Raiders, grill John Gruden because they're an easy target. You know, yeah. when someone's an easy target and the moment one little thing happens, then it's like, all right, now I'm going to throw all my bags, my bag of tricks. I've been throwing, you know, a Paul Gunther style. I'm going to do all of this and just let him have it just for content and just get, you know, get creative like that Jason McIntyre – a fox sports one oh who raider Raider fans they're irrelevant but you're talking about them so they're not irrelevant what the hell are you talking about it's this type of like incompetence of these national media guys that they're just counting the bills counting the numbers and really just just simple that's besides the point but they be you know yeah it's just the damage is done at this point for us for everyone who's part of raider nation everything even on the team you're not gonna hear the end of it until Monday Night Football when AB balls out, That's true. which is gonna be yeah. the only way. You know mm-hmm. he needs to ball out. You hope he balls out. He should ball out. That's it's gonna. be – It's really there's no other option now because it's just gonna. This narrative's already been creative. It's there and then everything's gonna get brought up. You know Monday Night Football. What do you think's gonna get brought up? Oh yeah. Oh, oh tell me. It's, it's gonna be talked about. Obviously, regardless on the pregame show, during the game, after the game. So the only way to shut him up, he need go to him. You know, force feed yeah. him, make him double-digit double, get, double, double digit catches well over 100 yards, 150 yards, a tug or two. Yeah. So that's going to be the only way to shut all the critics up just calm them down. Like, yeah, that was a little bit of a headache, but we'll take it for these Sunday successes. Yeah. That's going to be the only way to stop it. And now that he's back at practice, even if he doesn't that's, – that's the thing what they were annoyed about. He didn't even need to be playing the mm-hmm. fact that his presence is there just gets everyone juiced you know and I, yeah. and I and i agree with that there are certain players you know even in my life i play with there's certain players certain people when they're there you just feel the need just get the energy and yeah. if the fact that he's not he's not going to be playing, i mean of course we know he's going to make the corners better but he's going to make everyone better he elevates the play of everyone cuz they want to show out they know ab you know he makes he just he raises everyone's game yeah. you know when he when he when he's going to be you know putting daggers on the defense the offense is gonna get juiced and wanna feed off that.
0: Yeah. And
1: same side on the defense, when he's you know, just duking on them the whole time, they're gonna get agitated and wanna like you know, shut him down to keep him from talking, keep the offense in check. And that way, you know, it just overall brings the whole crowd the whole team into it. So with him, he definitely is more than just oh, he's just a numbers guy just for Sundays. His presence is gonna be there.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean how they handles it, that's that's on them. When, when Antonio
0: Brown is on the field, the standard is just raised. I mean, like, you know, it, it's just there's more competition out there. You know, mm-hmm. even if he's not practicing, you know, he can still be helping out with the young receiving core that the Raiders have. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we said, you know, if I'm John Gruden, first play Monday night, what I'm doing is going to Antonio Brown. I'm going to Antonio Brown. I'm getting him the ball, and I'm going to let him shut people up.
1: It's gonna be. I could see a scenario where AB like doesn't put up even that great of numbers because the Broncos secondary is elite, and they do have Vic Fangio, and Fangio knows how to take your number one receiver out of the of the equation. So that'll be interesting. But that that's besides the point.
0: All right. So full disclosure here, the uh, AB news broke after we were we finished recording. So we're gonna get a little bit of your our live reaction here. Um, first things first, you know, I wanna, we're gonna talk about Mike Mayock's comments cause that's kind of how we found out about it. And I'm gonna go ahead and play the audio of that for you guys. Um, and this is coming via the Athletics VictoForce. Right, so here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. Uh, we have supported that, we appreciate that. Okay, but we've, at this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in or all out, okay? So we're hoping he's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope AB is going to be a big part of it starting week one against Denver. End of story. No questions, okay? All right. Um. Whew, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's pretty clear to me that Mike Mayock and I'm sure this is the is general consensus yeah he, he is, is pissed, pissed off, off and tired of dealing with this i mean wow like i'm i'm kind of like at a loss right now this is great podcasting right now i'm at a, at a loss for words but you know obviously like Mike Mayock alluded to it we want him there week 1 but at the same time like he's got a new quarterback he's got to start He's got to start getting reps with him. Like, what's going
1: on, man? Like, show up. Antonio Brown, where the hell is he going? Why are you why are you skipping practice as a protest because of the helmet, dude? It's a it's a it's the new law. It's a rule, all right? Everyone has to do it. You're the only one that's complaining about it. So get your ass back to practice. You're a new team. Once again, I can't I can't hammer this point away. The Raiders, John Gruden was the only one that wanted you. No one else did. Oh I don't care about that little false rumor about the Bills. No team wanted you. Your own team didn't want you. They gave you away for third and fifth round pick. John Gruden took the chance, gave you your goddamn money, and you're giving him a turd sandwich. What, <laughs> why are you not showing up? The frostbite feet was all that you know missing time. That that was okay, I guess, because no doubt injury. Take it easy. Now you're going to – everything seemed to us turning the corner. Yeah. We just talked about it a few hours ago on our, when we were making the pot for tomorrow and now we're doing this. <laughs> and he just goes and flips it and now he's not showing up again. After just Saturday, he was there 100% for walkthroughs and practice and everything. So he doesn't show up Sunday and he doesn't look like he's going to show up Monday. Or I, This is bizarre. Is he going to yeah. travel with the team now? I don't know. I mean, there's no excuse for this guy to not show up. Like, honestly, like – you could still try to find a new helmet and do stuff by being at the same time. You know, you, you said it right. Perfectly. It's a new team. Yeah. And it's not, you got to still yeah. build that bond and be there. Like I said, the presence that he brings there is just phenomenal and he's not being there. So obviously if make <laughs> Mike Mags pissed off, no duh, John Gruden's agitated. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've said it before when we first heard of this news, that Gron has been disappointed and why he wouldn't delve into it. He's embarrassed about the situation. He's yeah. annoyed. Once again, like I said, he, he's like, man, I took the shot. I took this chance for you. And once again, you're over here just throwing a pie in my face and just making me feel like I'm regretting my decision. I mean, once again, I'm not, I, I was, that's a little bit exaggerated because he hasn't taken a snap yet. Yeah. But it, the way it feels right now, he, you can tell, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with Steeler fans now saying like, damn, did you guys win the trade? Because now it's a little bit looking <laughs> like it. Um, now I'm starting to, now I'm going to start after when we're done. I, I probably should have done it before, but last minute pod, I want to start looking at <laughs> AB's contract. Where is there a he's, clause at? Where's the option at? Do you know, Matt?
0: I know if he retires, he basically forfeits, um, like all the money. Cause he never well, he's actually, not gonna yeah.
1: retire. I'm like,
0: just talking but, about from a standpoint, yeah, yeah. how
1: the Raiders can get out of it well, in terms of, is there an option, mean, if team the Raiders, option? If the Raiders,
0: if the I, Raiders, I don't know if they have a helmet. Clause, but um, no. If the Raiders, the if the Raiders want to let him go, it's thirty million dollars. Like it's thirty million guaranteed. Like you know, if they get into some sort of litigious battle after the fact, maybe they have a case. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I'm not that deep into the contract. But yeah, from like they, it's thirty million guaranteed is what he signed for, and it's up to fifty with bonuses. So, like yeah, if if. This doesn't work out? Yeah, he they cut him a check for $30 million for nothing.
1: Yeah, man, I mean just think about it. You're you're, you're flaking on your teammates, your coaching staff just to go for your own selfish reasons over on helmet. Once again, yeah. we are not we are not being over dramatic. He is the only player in the NFL doing this. That's,
0: yeah, it's
1: Plenty it's of true. players have voiced it that it's they true. don't like it, but they're still doing it. They're not crying about it you think figure that ab's with a new team when got his money he'd be able to like put it past it and but he's not he's just doing his own thing and my
0: thing is like i get that you're fighting this and sure keep fighting this if you really want to but be there be at practice until you get that approval, until you win that battle wear the other freaking helmet and be out there because guess what you are getting $30 million guaranteed to be there. Like, this is getting ridiculous now. This, this There's no up. way you can spin this as not being selfish. Like, this is exactly what this is. And at the end of the day, like, I mean, I, I guess you can't say they ever would have thought it was going to be this dramatic. But at the end of the day, like we keep saying, this is what you sign up for.
1: Ryan Clark warned us. This is what happens when you give AB his money, and this early too. Like you figure, like, come on, man, you're you're pretty much saying my helmet issues is more important than me with you guys. Like, yeah. what does that say if I'm a teammate? Like, dude, like, what the hell? You're not even here. We're over here grinding. Meanwhile, you're over there just like, oh, I'm gonna do my helmet. I don't. I'm too good for this and stuff like that. Which, you know, don't want to say it. Of course, he's better than everyone there, but you still got to be there, dude. Yeah. You're not. You're not better. To, You're not bigger than the team, all right? This isn't basketball where the talent, you know, just supersedes everyone. You know, you need to be there for the message, for the camaraderie. It works. Like I said, his presence elevates everyone's games and just gives a different atmosphere. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some Raider fans who are still going to be negligent that this isn't too much of a big deal that, hey, just wake me up week one, you know, then 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 call call me, which to a degree, it 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 is a little bit of a point, but... It's like, no, there's no way to spin this. Once again, this is a bizarre a bizarre story. I could, you could not make this stuff up. If Gruden and especially Mayock are freaking out about this, then, of course, we're going to freak out about it. Yeah. Because his statement the, – dude, the Raiders account was the one that posted that Mayock video after Tafer did it as well. So it's just not that, – that's just revealment right there. What is that saying? It's saying that they're trying to push their own narrative too, like saying, A.B., come back to camp, dude. Yeah. Are you all in? Are you not? Because you're lucky. I bet you Mayock's like, you're lucky Gruden calls the shots. Because I would probably trade <laughs> your ass again. Yeah. Which, you know what? I honestly, now that I think about it, I don't think it's completely off base. That he could, that there there's a little bit of trade considerations in their head at the very least. You know, if it was up to Mayock, I'd say Mayock would definitely, like, start to inquire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd say right now, if Gruden, now that Gruden's probably getting annoyed, and I'm sure Mayock and the coaching staff is like, dude, Gruden, man, what the hell? Because obviously this was a Gruden trade. It wasn't Mayock. I'm pretty sure at this point it's like 2080. Like, if thoughts of like trading AB again. Which who the hell wants to do it now with these news? Now, if we thought he was, if we thought he was purposely driving his trade value down in January and February with that all those interviews and him going berserk, <laughs> what do you think he's doing now? This is even worse than January and February at this point. So as much as like, hey, is, is is it far off that he's gonna get traded? No, I'm pretty sure the thoughts are creeping. But who wants? Who's gonna trade for this guy? Like, if I was a team, like, here's a six no round way. pick. Give us a here's a six round pick. Yeah. we have no problem giving up a six round pick for a B. You know, so it's just man, it's just right now they're just eating crow. Yeah, it's it's
0: it's not looking good. All right, guys, that's all we got for you on this episode. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you have if you haven't already at SweetFly. Send us any uh, anything you want us to hear on the podcast um, just at flysweetpod at gmail.com. Give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to this uh, this podcast. Uh, in the review, if you drop your favorite Raider moment or favorite Raider, Raider, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast and, of course, read out your moment. You can find me on Twitter at, at mholder95. Jose, where can they find you?
1: At jsanch underscore 21. Hit us up, people. Let's go. Hey, loves it. All right. Until next week.